Welcome to Coinology, the podcast. You ain't getting no money if you constantly worried about what everybody else got to say. If you constantly got your eyes on what everybody else doing, you ain't getting no money. When it comes down to closing a deal, I get you done. Welcome to Coinology, the podcast. Hey, 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 welcome. Welcome to another episode of Coinology, season three. And I'm sitting across from none other than Uyi Abraham, CEO and founder of Vonza. Welcome to Coinology. Thank you, Ebonisa. Much fun to be here today. I'm so glad that you were able to make it out. I think you and I had lunch maybe a few months ago. Yeah. And we talked about you coming out here. You know, it was kind of odd how we even met. Mm-hmm. I saw you on social media. I saw an article, I believe, that I ran with your wife, you and your wife. And you both were talking about how you were able to build this multi-million dollar technology company. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that you were from Nigeria, which caught my attention because my husband is from Nigeria. So I always pay attention to... Um, strong, successful Nigerian business people and to see you and your wife in business together. I said, let me stop and read up. And I just continued to come back and come back and come back. And one day I just hit you up in your DM and I never, (laughs) I never do that. But I said, this is somebody that I need to know. And when it's someone that I need to know and someone I need to meet, I don't hesitate. Mm. And one of the things I shared with you is I'm an introvert. Yeah. But and that was totally against what introverts do. Yeah. But I also felt like I was driven to do that. And I believe that the relationship long term would be very fruitful. Yes. So I decided I said, let me step out of my comfort zone, reach out. And we had a great connection. And yes. I am so glad that I did reach out to you. So thank you for coming <laughs> in today and, and, and meeting with me today. It's a pleasure. I mean, you are a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're a wonderful person, a great spirit. And interestingly, though, we've been friends on Facebook. We just never spoke. That's right. Because uh, I forgot to go back and look how far we've been friends. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure we've been friends for a couple of years, you mm-hmm. know. Well, you know, when you, you have know? a like things yeah. happening you don't realize it with the logarithms you could be following yeah. someone and not even know it exactly because when i went back when i when you sent me the message and i said oh where are your friends mm-hmm. you know but we never spoke you know but it was good that we connected and i'm just really excited to see all the great things you're doing and thank you for having me to be a guest at chronology the number one fastest growing podcast wait a minute Speaking love it, it putting it out there you know love it. let me ask you a question as yeah. a very busy person because like yeah. i told you i'm extremely busy mm-hmm. so me having the time to stop and inbox and reach out mm-hmm. was totally not what i do mm-hmm. but how does someone as busy as you and as mm-hmm. successful as you are determine if this person is worth having lunch with how did you know it was worth having lunch with me okay well first i went through your page i saw that you're also doing something very serious mm-hmm. and important because one of the yastic is that if somebody's not busy already mm-hmm. they're most likely going to waste your time yep because they have nothing to do mm-hmm. so they have all the time in the world to just inbox random people mm-hmm. so i saw that you're already doing something good for yourself but the second thing is that sometimes just a gut feeling mm-hmm. right and you know is you could be right or wrong but you're just like okay 
I mean, let's do lunch and see what happens, yeah. right? But I think thirdly too, I always try to just add value as much as possible mm -hmm. and just to be open-minded. As a Christian also myself, knowing that everything is a seed. A lunch might be a seed mm -hmm. to something bigger. So you never can tell. I mean, I don't typically like just open up to people to, for lunch or this or that because sometimes people have all these weird motives and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But as much as possible, I always have a heart to serve. I have a heart to add value. So maybe it's a launch. Maybe she could add value to me. I could add value to her or business potential. It's a kind of combination of all three things. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And you, you're local too. Oh, you know? well, thank you. I appreciate, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. One of the things I will tell you this, that I hope people picked up on what you said is yeah. going back and checking the content of one's page. I very think important. it's very important. If you are really trying to make some of these multi-million dollar moves, yeah. you have to make sure that your page reflects that. Exactly. It's not just the pictures. Mm -hmm. It's also the terminology. You can look at someone's page and, and read the verbiage, what they're saying, yeah. where they're at, who are they with. Mm -hmm. Um, the the things that they've accomplished. You have to be very careful about all of those things when you are posting on social media because that is basically your resume to the world. Exactly. And a lot of people don't understand that. You know, I literally get like inboxes every single day from all over the world for various things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people want to work for me, work for Vonza or partner or whatever or sell these big ideas in the DM. The first thing I do, if I even think it's worth checking, is I go to your page. What are you already doing mm -hmm. on your social media that shows that you are even what you say you are, mm -hmm. right? Some Somebody might say, oh, I, I saw your videos. I can make it better. Then I go to your page. I can't even find one single video of all the people you've done. Mm -hmm. That just shows me that you're just a fake, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So social media is very important. And this time and age, it's not just about what you do, but you got to show what you do. You got to let people see what you do because you never can tell who's watching you. That's right. And I think association is key, too, because I did exactly. also see, I think on your page, I saw some association with you and him 500 you yeah. and David Imanati 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 uh, yeah. I always mispronounce his name <laughs> yeah. um and several other yeah. key and so again when people yeah. try to say association is important your social media is important that is not correct because this is just a prime example of two yeah. people who did not know each other mm -hmm. we both are CEOs mm -hmm. a very busy high gross businesses and mm -hmm. we both took a risk and met with each other specifically because of what I saw about you on social media mm -hmm. and then you validated what you saw about me. Exactly. And that's how this connection happened. So I just wanted to take a little <sighs> bit of time to make sure I educated, the, educated you guys yeah. on the importance of that because this meeting today may not have happened exactly. if we had not had the proper representation on social media. It's very, very important, you know. Uh, social media is the easiest way right now to grow not only your personal brand, but your business, right? Mm -hmm. Back then, you have to have a lot of money going billboards and radios and TVs. They still work, right? Mm -hmm. But there are 2 billion people right now on Facebook, right? And the problem is that a lot of people, they think social media right now is just for their own personal life. You know, their dinner with their cat, their dog, and all of these personal <laughs> things, right? But we are right now in the creator's economy. You mm -hmm. got to show your work, show mm -hmm. what you do. 
association also matters as well, you know, and I think I'm even getting better at this, you know, because I'm also an introvert too. I like to just kind of be behind the scene and just do my thing. And I'm learning more and more and more that people only validate what they see. Social so, proof. Social proof. Mm -hmm. And to be more careful and more conscious of it, you know, mm -hmm. um, because being Nigerian as well, sometimes if you show too much success, it comes with a backlash. Because people try to think you're a scammer, you are a... I'm surprised you haven't <laughs> asked me yet. Or maybe we're just getting started. We're getting started. Or maybe, or it's coming. Your husband is Nigerian. Uh -huh. Every podcast mm -hmm. I've ever been to Ebony, one of the first three questions they ask me is, what's your thought about this Nigerian 419 scammer thing? The Yahoo Boys. Yahoo Boys or something mm -hmm. like that, you know. And I have to educate them that, I mean, every Nigerian is not a scammer or a Yahoo boy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I get, we get, we Nigerians that are successful, we get a backlash of people trying to equate us to some of the few bad elements from the country. Like, mm -hmm. there's scammers in America too. You know, there's scammers everywhere. You know, but Nigeria have this image of that. So sometimes you try to be careful what you put out because it brings some negative energy here and there. Well, you can get but, a lot of jealousy and hating. And jealousy. Period, right? <clears throat> jealousy too mm -hmm. and hating and people asking for money every single day. Well, and... I mean, but ooh, <laughs> I can see why. You're rolling every day. One day is in the Rolls. The next day is in the Bentley. Bentley. <laughs> I mean, you, you live in it. But let's talk about yeah. that, right? Let's go all the way back to yeah. your humble beginnings. Were you born into money? No. Okay, so t where were you born? I was born and raised in Nigeria. What part of Nigeria? Um, Benin City, Edo State. Okay. It's about an hour flight from Lagos, mm -hmm. <coughs> four hours drive from Lagos. It's south of Lagos. Lagos is like the popular place everybody knows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we yeah, try to put Lagos Benin is like the New York. Yeah, like mm -hmm. New York. Yeah, but we're trying to put Benin City on the map because mm -hmm. they're great people and great history, you and know. Great art. And great art, I too. Love like this is um, from Benin, you mm -hmm. know. It's uh, red beads, you know. Yep, that's the, isn't that the traditional? The traditional. So yeah. usually, only in the past, only the king and the chiefs mm -hmm. wait. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, you know, they kind of got a little bit more liberal with it. Mm -hmm. So regular people can wait, you know. So great art, great culture in Benin City. So I came to America years ago with only $100 and a suitcase of clothes. Before we get to you, you came to America. Yeah. How many brothers and sisters? I have five brothers Sorry, four brothers, five, we have five, br five men in total, no sister. No sisters. No sisters. Okay, and you, were you, did you come from a humble family where, or were your parents royalty or? So, from my grandma's side, mm -hmm. I'm from royalty, I'm from, uh, they call the Arrow family from my grandma's side, mm -hmm. right? But I wasn't graced by my parents because when I was about six years old, my parents divorced and separated, so I was raised by my grandma. Now, wasn't that unheard of back then to get divorced in Nigeria? Because I hear now it's still very difficult for divorcing to happen in Nigeria. It is, but it's also easier now than before. Okay. But back then, there was a lot of shame, mm -hmm. right? If a woman is, uh, is divorced, a family, you know, what helped my mom, because my mom left a marriage, what helped her was because she was also raised by a single mom, which is a mom. So her mom was willing to cover the shame. But if she was raised by her parents or her parents were together, her dad probably would not have allowed her to return back to the house. Because back then, if a woman says she's leaving the home, our own parents, our dad especially, would mm -hmm. be like, I got no place for you to come to, mm -hmm. right? So you got to stick it there, stay out there, and make the marriage work. So that was how 
oppressive, so to speak, in my opinion, the, the society was to women, right? And then, too, one of the reasons why that worked so well was because only the men had the economic power. Mm -hmm. So if she leaves, she got no job. Right. She so got no she education. She can't take care of herself. So she's forced to endure mm -hmm. sometimes a very painful and abusive marriage. So your mom left your father. She left my father. That's strength because I yeah. see some of the women today who are in Nigeria that are leaving their husbands and they're getting all type of shame Yeah. because it's like, how dare you leave your husband, yeah. right? It's a newer phenomenon that's happening. Yeah. But for your mom to leave and then she had five boys. So yeah. all, all of you guys she had were... four for my dad. Okay. Then after my dad, she had the last boyfriend from, from an evil guy from Emo State. Okay, so did she remarry? She wasn't remarried, but they just had a child together. Was there any type of, like, family shame or anything about having an yeah, outside child? Yeah, of course. Okay. There was a lot. Mm -hmm. To the point that my mom could not even stay in the city. Okay. So she had to relocate out of the country. Then eventually she came to America. Okay. So, so she left you you guys behind with mm -hmm, your grandmother. Mm -hmm. And so your grandmother raised you guys. So you were raised with humble beginnings, yeah. right? And so um, and I know, I'm a, I already know the answer to this because I know in almost every Nigerian home, yeah. education is key. Very key. Okay. So you went to boarding school? No. Okay. Because we couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. So I was raised by my grandma. She was doing well. Mm -hmm. But at the time I was about maybe nine or ten, mm -hmm. she had diabetes uh, complications. So she eventually lost her eyesight. And so then her income really went so bad. Okay. So that's when the suffering really started for us, you know. So, I mean, we walk miles to school sometimes, mm -hmm. you know. This is something very interesting. And when I tell you, so I try not to be too emotional because mm -hmm. I never, ever remembered. In fact, recently I spoke to my brother, Barry, just to make sure I wasn't crazy. I never, ever re re remember growing up and eating a full chicken thigh or chicken wing or chicken leg by myself. Mm. That was how you bad it was. You always sharing. You always share a chicken wing into two or three places, and whatever part you get, that was the meat you have to eat. Mm. I don't ever remember eating a full-boiled egg to myself, except if it was Christmas, Easter, or I'll pretend I was sick so I can get whatever I want to eat. Mm. So I'll be like, oh, I'm sick. So grandma will be like, oh, you know, you got to eat something. I don't have any appetite. So what we're going to do, I'm like, okay, please, can I get boiled egg and two slices of <laughs> bread and tea? Mm -hmm. That was the only time I would be able to have or eat whatever I want to eat. Mm -hmm. So that was traumatic. Mm -hmm. So I grew up, when I became successful, I dealt for years with what I call poverty trauma. Mm -hmm. So I got so used to not having enough that when I started having something, I felt guilty for having something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand that. Because I, yeah, I, I can relate to yeah. that somewhat. So you uh, went off, did you go to college in Africa or did you? Yes, I went to college about two years of, two, three years of college okay. in Nigeria before coming here. So remember so my grandma, study? zoology. Okay. Then from zoology, I switched into medicine. So my dream was to become a medical doctor. Cause my grandma told me something very important. Mm -hmm. She couldn't give me anything much, but she gave me a lot of wisdom and proverbs that I still use to today. One thing she told me was that if somebody give you a house or a car or some physical thing, they might get angry with you and they could take it back. But if somebody give you education 
or train you to learn something. They can never take back that education. You can't say, oh, I taught you how to do this, so let me go into your brain and, <laughs> and screw and take out, it out and yeah. take it out. So education is very big. Mm -hmm. She really pressed me, encouraged me to go to school. So I really went into the books. I really read, in fact, if I finished high school, I read about a thousand books. Mm -hmm. So I was just reading learning because I saw that learning and education was going to be my breakthrough to success because I, I couldn't rely on anything from my family to help me. Well, I also know, too, in Nigeria th yeah. that the employment rate is very low. Yeah. So many times, you know, folks go graduate from college and there's no job. Exactly. There's no opportunity. And then people wonder why some folks determine or decide to do the 419 as Yahoo. Or the Yahoo boys, but as you say, mm -hmm. if you have to split an egg in three ways, three four places, and folks are hungry, mm -hmm. you know you have options. And you decided not to go that route. You decided to do something different. Thank but I'm God. sure you have some friends or folks that you know who uh, made other decisions. Exactly. So how does life end up for them? So. Um, I mean, it's all spread out, you know. Those who went the academic route, you know, like I did. Like, I didn't hang out with the bad people. Mm -hmm. We all kind of did well. I mean, the the rate is different for everybody. Mm -hmm. But those who kind of stuck out with the, the bad route, they, they get stuck in it. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why I'm giving back now to... Uh, we might get then our conversation with uh, big philanthropic work I'm doing in Africa, mm -hmm. you know, whereby we're training, raising, educating, empowering the young people I into digital entrepreneurship. I just took uh, 10 laptops and did an event. About 400 people showed up for young people. We have over 2,000 people we up every month. We spend over $50,000 in about 10 days, helping two to 3,000 people in various ways. How did you determine who you were taking over there? Because I, I want to talk about that yeah. in more detail mm -hmm. a little bit later. Let's, let's <laughs> keep going back, though. Okay. So you did three years mm -hmm. in, um, of college in Nigeria. Yeah. Okay. And then you left Nigeria to mm -hmm. come to the U.S. Mm -hmm. So is, did you finish your studies in the U.S.? or? So when I, f I went, I did about three years, got into medical school, then I got my visa to come to America. Okay. So when I came here, so my dream at the time was to see become a medical doctor. So I said, I said taking classes for the sciences and the system is so different. So they pretty much want to take all the classes all over again, which was very frustrating. Mm -hmm. And then as I was taking the classes and stuff, then I began to come to my own self of purpose that really God's that I wanted to be a doctor was one of the reasons was to escape poverty. So, because in Nigeria, if you're not a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, and maybe a nurse, they think you're a failure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I didn't want to be a failure. I wanted to make my mom, my dad, everybody proud mm -hmm. by being a medical doctor. But then I realized that God's plan and purpose for my life was to do ministry and also to entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So I quit medical school, I quit school at a time, and then I took some time doing all kind of jobs. But then I also wanted to get a degree to my So I went back to school and got a degree in marketing. And I also got a degree in ministry. Then I got an honorary doctorate degree. How, so what type of jobs did you have before you became who we see today? I'm sure you have very humble Everything. jobs, right? What type of jobs did you? <laughs> my, yeah, very good question, everybody. Mm -hmm. Wow, isn't she the 
the new Oprah or something. <laughs> like, we got to put this on, like, some network show or whatever. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. we got to take this out of out of just social media, mm-hmm. YouTube, realm, though. This needs to be on some TLC or some network Let's or something. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to put a word out there for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, because uh, you were asking me questions, a lot of people really just kind of skip over, which mm-hmm. is very, which shows, shows a lot of talent on your part, so to speak, you know. Uh, I think my, so, my very first job in America, I was was at um, Lois Theater in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. So, I was that person that would cut out the ticket and sweep the floor mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. So I was making like $6.15 six an hour. Mm-hmm. So coming from Nigeria, whereby there was basically nothing, to $6.15 an hour, I thought I was rich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though it was hard for me to pay my bills here, but when I did the conversion, <laughs> it felt like I had so much money back <laughs> home, you know? So from there, I mean, I've done so many things. I mean, I've drove the Uber, I've worked for Delta Airline, um, I've worked all kind of agency, staffing agency jobs. But my last job, I was a school bus driver. And and then I had my first daughter, Zoe. And then when I had a, my daughter, and I was making about maybe $14 an hour, something like that. So wait like a that. minute, you met your wife? In in Houston, Texas. In Houston. And so when you met your wife, there's you a big story on that too. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that because you weren't this multimillionaire. No, so no. you know that she's there because of you. Exactly. Right? So how did you meet your wife? So great question, but let me say one thing before I say that, right? Mm-hmm. If I think there's an advantage when you marry Brooke, because you know that person is really there for you. Because of the trust issues I've gotten so far, if I got wealthy now and I met another woman. I will always f- doubt if she really loved me for me or for my stuff. I agree. Except she's bringing something to the table mm-hmm. or I, or she's shown me over time that she really don't care about stuff but for me. Mm-hmm. So for her, so I met her when, I actually met her through her mom. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a program, mm-hmm. a youth program, and her mom was at a print shop doing a program too. And then, so we found out we're both na- from Nigeria. And then I didn't even know the part of the story until later on. She, her mom told me that, oh, my daughter, she just finished college. And, you know, she needs some godly friends mm-hmm. <laughs> in her life. You're Nigerian. And, you know, not to, not nothing wrong with any culture. But sometimes, too, you know, th- there's some, you know, character development, some level of mentality when you're from Africa, mm-hmm. that sometimes you're from there, you still want your children to have to hang around some other Africans. Mm-hmm. So that was what her mom was saying. But then when I met her, I mean, she was happy. She was, you know, purposeful. And, you know, I just knew she was the one. So did uh, you We date- married under three months. Oh, under three months. Okay, before yeah. we get to the marriage, <laughs> had you dated any African-American women before? I tried to. Oh, I had some horror stories. So that's why I want to ask Ooh. because... <laughs> okay, so... There were so, city girls then before they were city girls. Oh, they were city girls before <laughs> oh, the city girls. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, so... There was no label, but they were city so girls. So now, is, the, now is that baked in your head? Do you think that that's how all American African-American women are? Not all, but I, I might, maybe I have a little hurt <laughs> from okay past trauma that sometimes i'm a little bit more careful they play with your heart so much so bad really? from the one when i was only making six dollars an hour mm-hmm. we went to uh <laughs> i can't realize sharing this story we went to uh <laughs> uh what's them not uh uh where they do a lot of noodles and pasta uh olive olive garden okay 
and she was ordering a $25 plate and took one for her daughter. And took one home to the took daughter. Took one home for her daughter. And I couldn't afford one for myself. Oh. And because of that, I never liked Olive Garden. I didn't, I didn't go there for so years. So how did you so what, how did you end up leaving up out of there then? Did you pay the bill? Who paid the Shamefully, bill? Shamefully, I paid the bill. <laughs> oh, and I'm sure you were hurt for a week I, or two after I, that, right? After that, I never liked Olive Garden. So what did you? That trauma. So what did you curtail? So you said, okay, this woman. I just came. thought she was gonna be reasonable. We're just gonna eat like little ten dollar plates and stuff. Did you stuff. ever call her back? No, that was no. It. But then why yeah. did she take a plate home to her kid? You didn't take the kid out on a date. I did not, but some people do that. Okay, so for our daughter, so that and was she one, ordered. But that's one woman. Uh huh. So the other there was another one too women, okay and, and and of course nothing wrong with african-american i women. hope not because yeah. you know you're talking to one right here but <laughs> yeah another one when i had i only had a uh, old couch in my in my in my living room mm -hmm. i had no bed i was sleeping on a futon i remember having a date she came to the house to see me in my apartment and then when she walked in she just looked around and she said oh I'm going to go get something in the car. And I was sitting right there waiting. After about 30 minutes, I called her and her phone went to, mm. just went like to voicemail. Then I went out outside. She left. She never, today, she never talked to me. Wow. She never said, well. I bet you if she saw you rolling in that <laughs> Rolls Royce today, she would have been like, a, let me just she, say this. She left. Like, she I, left. How can you not just say, hey, you're not my type. <laughs> If she had just told me I wasn't her type <laughs> or that. That couch wasn't her type, okay? If she had just told me, I wouldn't have felt so bad. Well, she you didn't know what it, word. But she you said, know. Back. So when women say, I'm going back to the car, fellas, it's now, it's now. And then I. Something, something is up. She's probably not coming back. Well, let me, <laughs> let me just say this, too. But you got to also admit that there's a thing out here now there women are trying to. Uh, capture an African man because yeah. they have this perception that everybody is super wealthy mm -hmm. and they can have this super kingdom lifestyle. So mm -hmm. maybe she thought she was walking into that situation and walking in. An African in. prince and saw that there was no couch, there was nothing, and she's like, oh, I'll be back into the car and till today, I say, <laughs> if you watch it right now, just tell me why you did it. <laughs> well, she told you why she did it. No, she never talked. Well, I mean, she never she, said a but, word. I mean, you know she why. She just blacked me. But you know why, though. I, right? Now I know why. You know why. After a so, while. So, okay. So then you finally meet your wife. Yes. And you met her. And in three months, you said, this is the one. How did you know in three months that, that, that she was the one? Three things. Mm -hmm. And this is my rule for a relationship. Always marry a woman who is kind. She was kind. Mm -hmm. Two, she didn't care about material things. And three, she loved God. Okay, so you did not have a, co a couch then either, I didn't right? have nothing. You no couch. I didn't have nothing. In fact, when I told her we're going to get married, all I had was my words, was vision. I and said, her I'm mom broke. and dad was okay with her marrying you with your our words. Moms, not our dad. Okay, I was about to say, her dad was probably like, Yeah, are like, you sure that this young man can provide exactly. for you? Exactly. That was right? a concern. People felt like I was trying to rush it because I, I was looking for a green card. Some of mm -hmm. those stigmas that come mm -hmm. in, you know. But she she knew that I was hardworking, I was driven, and that I just came to the country. I just well, why did you want to rush it, though? It was only three months. 
I well, guess. I mean, that was the, I, the first thing I yeah. thought was. She turned me down at first, though. Okay. Right? At first, she was like, no, but I really went to prayer. And I think over time, within that three months, God spoke to her, right? I think for me, looking back was, I, ew, man, you try trying to make. This is Oprah. I'm telling <laughs> you guys. I've never shared this before, you know. Mm-hmm. I think all my life I dealt with, because my parents were not there, mm-hmm. I dealt with rejection mm-hmm. and abandonment issues. So all the women I tried to date turned me down because I was too broke or one thing or the other. She was the one that kind of made me feel like she was really rocking with me. Mm-hmm. I think that was part of it. Then also, too, I was just tired of being lonely and alone i wanted somebody to build life with i needed i knew i needed a partner to do life business ministry with and she she was different from everybody else to the point that ebony for our wedding i couldn't afford a thing the only thing i could afford was a wedding dress and i bought it for 50 dollars on ebay wow and i spent 25 dollars to dry clean it and she didn't even mind I couldn't afford the wedding ring. The on, okay, I was on, only able to afford a wedding dress for fifty dollars and my suit for a hundred dollars from KNG. <laughs> well, you really should be spoiling her now. I see why you I spoil try. her so much. I try. You really should. I try. Really should. And I did promise. I said, "Walk with me. One day I'm going to retire you. One day you're going to be a millionaire. One day you, you never." Told her this before you guys. Got exactly. And then, and the thing is, and she did that. She she believed in you. And exactly. She's, yeah, because it seems like she is really your helpmate. Exactly. I, at the time, I was a college dropper too. She just finished college, mm-hmm. so. She got a job to make sure that, you know, the mortgage was being paid. So I was trying to figure out this entrepreneurship thing. So, so on she paper, held me down financially She held you too. down. She was yeah. your ride or die chick. Exactly. So on paper. I never pressured me on anything. Never said, my friends, they wear Gucci or they wear, uh, what else? What are nice to women? Like the ones you, you Well, you know what like it is. No, wear. you know. You know what it is. <laughs> you, know, she, you know, she never pressured me or nothing. Mm-hmm. She's just grateful and just like, every, it's going to get better. Let's she sounds like a wonderful woman. She is. Very good. Very good. So you guys get married after yeah. three months. Yeah. And then has it always been easy, you know, with the financials and so forth between you and her? No, it, it took a while for us to really kind of break through financially. Mm-hmm. Maybe the first 10 years was really kind of we just building and figuring out the entrepreneurship thing. Mm-hmm. And then after about 10 years or so, that was when I was able to retire her. It could be wrong, 10 to 12 years. Because mm-hmm. we've been married now about 20, almost 20. So how did, oh, so was Vonza the first initiative? I'm sure. Because no. I always tell people, <laughs> no. which you see the success, understand that wasn't the first time out the gate. You know, Mark Zuckerberg talks about, yeah, you see me with Facebook, but yeah. I had so many other businesses before Facebook. Yeah. And that's the same thing for myself. I can go yeah. through so many different businesses that I had yeah. before EPI Media Group, but most people see that and then they assumed oh you know out the gate she's an overnight success oh no overnight success was 20 years in the making exactly right so talk to me a little bit about some of the things that you did before i did a lot mm-hmm. okay um entrepreneurship my very first um business was designing websites for mm-hmm. organizations and churches and from there i learned photography you know then i learned videography then i had a studio and uh, then from there, I, I had a car dealership. I've done, I've done everything. I've, mm-hmm. I've had a restaurant. 
I just were just trying to figure out this entrepreneurship thing. I was just learning. I felt it maybe thirteen businesses before I probably made my first six figures liquid. Mm-hmm. And from there, I kind of figured out the entrepreneurship thing. And I saw that for me, the grace of my life was online. And then that's when I started creating online courses and programs. Then eventually I saw that it was just hard to run a business with multiple tools. There needed to be one simple tool to run an entire business, to simplify. And that's where Vonza that's where Vonza, that's where Vonza mm-hmm. came in. So Vonza, we've been working on Vonza now about three years now. Mm-hmm. So but proud to Vonza, I've done a bunch of other things. Some of but them three still, years only, and you guys are evaluated right now at about $30 million. $30 million, 15,000 customers, and we need to double in the next two years. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah. So... I mean, I know that you also are a man of God. So mm-hmm. was Vonza something that you think that was divinely placed into your heart or your mind? Or was it something that you stumbled across? Or how did it all come to be? It was all God. Mm-hmm. Even the name. People say, what does Vonza mean? People tell me what Vonza means. I don't even know what it means. I've heard people say the different meaning to the words. So you don't. So Vonza doesn't mean. It doesn't. Anything. It wasn't like a combination of words. It wasn't like let me try and figure out what to call it. Mm-hmm. I knew what the idea was, and I remember that night I was laying down on my bed, and I was trying to think. In fact, the first name I, I called it was Teach Slate, but I felt like that name was boring and it was mm-hmm. hard to pronounce. Teach Slate, you know. Then I lay lay down the bed and I just heard Vonza. I've never heard that word before. God gave me the word Vonza. Wow. And I paid five figures for the domain because somebody else had the domain. Ooh, and they were you selling You must it. really wanted that domain. Yeah, because God gave me Because I would have been changed that bad boy to Von Zett or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I knew I wanted the .com and they wanted five figures for it. So I put mm-hmm. on my American Express that night and then I switched the name from Tish Slate to Vonza. So this is important. I think people need to really hear that when you really truly believe in something and it's in yeah. your gut... You invest your last because when you're coming to someone like myself or to Uyi and you're asking us to invest in you, but you haven't invested in yourself. Exactly. I'm going to question how serious are you really about this project? Exactly. So you took your American Express. Yeah. And you took a bet. Exactly. Right. And there's a big chance it probably will not have worked. And, And so how long did it take you to for you to actually see some type of success in business? You're talking about Vonza or in general? In, well, in Vonza. In, in Vonza, probably we're about three years in, uh, probably about last one year mm-hmm. was when we really saw growth. When we started doing like partnerships and started investing in like uh, publicity too. Mm-hmm. Because you might have a good product, but if mm-hmm. nobody knows about it, it's I, not going ooh, anywhere. You sound just so, like me. That's my favorite word. Yeah. I yeah. really spend heavily on like going on podcasts and mm-hmm. uh you know, partnerships and stuff, you know, partner with an organization that give us a thousand customers, for example. Mm-hmm. So that really was press too. That really kind of just gave us some visibility. I think another thing that's important too, that is not partnership, but it's in the same family of such as collaboration. Yeah. I think a lot of people focus so much on competition yeah. and not enough on partnerships and collaboration. You can go so much further and mm-hmm. groups. And and I, I saw, I remember Jay-Z, he was talking about, you know, a lot of us, we shy away from that. Yeah. We want to have 100% of zero versus 
2% of 30 million. Give me yeah. the 2% of 30 million versus 100% of zero. Yeah. Did you, were you always open? Because I heard you say something earlier on about um, your challenges with trusting people or yeah. trust issues. Mm -hmm. You know, trust issues, collaboration, partnerships, that's difficult for people like us when we don't trust. Mm -hmm. So how how were you, how do you know or uh, how do you how can you ascertain that this is a person or an entity that I should partner or collaborate with? What 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 has to be presented to you for you to say I want to move forward? So uh, I think really I just try to pray about things and just kind of see if I feel it, what they call a God check, but if I feel a peace about it, and then I just kind of, and everything kind of look good. And it's not always been perfect. I've mm -hmm. done some stuff that I still regret it today. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn, mm -hmm. right? So it's just always been that, you know. But I do know to take Vonza to become the first black, right now we're the first black owned, software in our space for creators right and our competitors are like five ten billion dollars valuation should take Vonza to become the first black owned uh creators platform i know i'm gonna have to take bigger risks i have mm -hmm. to collaborate with people i have to build more partnerships and it's harder too because sadly in the black culture we so me, me, me driven. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not as open like some other culture when it comes to like collaboration and partnerships. It's easier for me to collaborate with a white person than with a black person. A white person like, oh, sounds good, let's do it. A black person, they want to give you the, oh, are we sure this is the, how long, they, they give you the, like that trust thing is, you know, they kind of, it's like, you know, a white person saying, you know, invest in me, uh, I want to be the next <clears throat> Kobe brand. You know, you know, black People play basketball better, generally speaking, mm -hmm. right? So it's still new for us to see our own people doing what in tech. So sometimes they see that trust thing that we I'm having to overcome every day. I may be from I'm from Nigeria too. Mm -hmm. So some people are like, oh, I sure one guy told me, say, Oh, I'm if I partner with you, I'm I sure in five months from now, you're not going to take the money and go back to Nigeria. <laughs> You know, so but that's the real question people, that people have to ask. They, they, and I will yeah. say this. I know in a few a few questions back I asked you something and you said I just prayed on it. Yeah. And I am also a woman of God and I will pray on it, but I'm also going to I'm a woman, a businesswoman too. Yeah. So I'm gonna trust and verify. Mm -hmm. So I also want to know um, a little bit more. So I'm going to pray about it the night before, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to get up and I'm going to start researching you. I'm going to start actually understanding what it is I'm getting myself into. I'm going to know my numbers. And I think it's okay for people act, to ask questions mm -hmm. to make sure that their investments are being given into the right places, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's important. I think we have to be a little bit more wiser uh, before we actually jump into investments. But I think it's also important, though, that we do collaborate and we do partner because yeah. we can go so much further exactly. in that. And I also want us to broaden our horizons and not feel as if our partnerships and collaborations only have to be in the black community mm -hmm. because we need to be able to expand outside in order to be able to help. Mm -hmm. Our fellow brothers and sisters yes. got to get money outside of this community. That is how all of the other 
uh, nationalities are doing it. They're yeah. getting our money and exactly. taking it back to their mm-hmm. homes. And so why why is it wrong when we do the same thing? Exactly. Uh, nothing is wrong, you know. Uh, but w- from my experience, I've seen that when it comes to the tech space, mm-hmm. it's still newer for mm-hmm. our culture to mm-hmm. see in terms of, oh, investment opportunity compared to if I was selling e-commerce, for example, mm-hmm. or have a whatever other type of physical type businesses, you know. But so far, I mean, we're still bootstrapped, means that self-funded. Uh, we, we have not taken any traditional VC money or banks money. Wow, so you guys are doing it all. Yeah, but we've received two investments from so far. And the very first one was a six-figure investment from somebody that watched me on a podcast. Wow. From a podcast. I'm like, wow, I like what you're doing. I'm flying to Atlanta. Let's let's do lunch. I thought it was crazy. I, I didn't I was giving the runaround. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm coming to Atlanta. Are you going to be there Thursday? I'm coming. I'm like, if you're going to really fly to Atlanta mm-hmm. just to meet me for an hour and fly right back, you must be serious. Mm-hmm. And he came and wrote a check. I like Bonza. Tell me what the evaluation you think it will be. And I want to be a part of it. That's amazing. From a podcast show. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's why the, I other, the second person saw me on LinkedIn and say, hey, I want to invest too. That's the only two. I, and, and, and I never solicited. And, and nothing else. And Because yeah. I know when I saw, I, I think I saw an article on um, Black PR. Okay. Dot com or something. And that's why I saw the article on you and your wife. And yeah. it was, it, it just caught my attention. I said, mm-hmm. they are doing it. So I know if it was anything like that, I could see why they stopped because I see so much stuff. But mm-hmm. that made me stop and look. Yeah. So just recently, um, you just came back from Nigeria. And yes. you went over there with some heavy, heavy, heavy hitters, yes. right? Yes, Um, Before we talk about what the purpose was, yes. Uh, how did you determine who you were taking? Because I think I saw Coach Stormy Wellington. Yeah, we met there, but she also had some other things she was okay, doing. Okay, so but she didn't go with the crew. No, not together. But okay. we met there. We've been kind of friendly before. And okay. did some things in Nigeria. But she's she a powerhouse, too. And I yeah. saw Marquel. <laughs> Marquel, yeah. Um, and I saw some other folks. And I'm like, yeah. wow, it, you had some really powerful people with you yeah. on this trip. What exactly are you doing over there? So the goal was, I mean, philanthropy is very big for me. Mm-hmm. I came from nothing. So I always want to give back as much as I can. So we already have about you know, hundreds of people that we take up every month. So at least once a year, I try to go with about eight to 10 people who are also financially, you know, were able to afford the trip to go with me so that they can also give back and also experience the Nigerian culture. Mm-hmm. So, and this year we were about 10, eight, eight-ish that went. And then uh, we had about, we're there for about nine days Right, eight, nine, nine days, and uh, we did a free entrepreneurship conference. We planned for 200 people, but we had about 350 plus people that were in that hall, and we had to turn back over 100 of 100 people that there was no space to put them. We went on the street to feed the children. We gave water, food. In fact, there are videos I've seen not posted yet because some of the videos are so traumatic that some people from the tree people say, "Don't post it because it's gonna make." Your people look bad, you know, but I can't hide that even though Nigeria has wealth, but there's there's also a lot of hunger. Mm -hmm. In Nigeria, there's no social programs whatsoever. 
In America, if you're broke, you can get food stamp, you can get financial aid, you can get, when I say broke, I mean poor, or from, you know, poverty line. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get uh, weak, you can get uh, frail milk. There's many ways you can get by. But in Africa, the poor have no social program, no governmental program. So you so really go to bed hungry. Hungry or still or starve or or uh, suicide. It's very, it's, and which they don't try, to, they don't share, but it's very high, especially among the young people, because they just give up. So I just feel like it's wrong to see children hungry and in the street. Maybe tomorrow or next, I might post some of the item of this requirement, start posting some of those other clips that were just hard. So mm-hmm. we go there, we buy food, we buy water, and we give money to hundreds of people doing that every single day. Then I took 10 laptops and gave it to uh, the young entrepreneurs. Then also, too, we created a free class. A free, right now, there's a free, um, I'm calling it Digital Dollars Academy. You probably saw it on my page, whereby those who came to the conference, about 400 of them, and even those who could not come in, so for one month, right, I, Makua, and some other people were teaching them for free, just digital entrepreneurship, the mindset, the skill set, how to earn, how to serve, and also, too, uh, we're building uh, an entrepreneurship hub as well, whereby we use a lot of VAs, usually from the Philippines and stuff. Why can't we employ our own people? Mm-hmm. But they don't have the skill set and they don't have the technology, even something as a laptop. So we're doing that now. Marco and I were talking about the idea of something crazy. Mm-hmm. First of its kind, at least in Nigeria that I know of, a totally free primary and secondary school, which is probably elementary and high school, mm-hmm. right? It's, it costs maybe $50 to $100 a year to pay for a child's education for, when I say a year, January to December. Mm-hmm. That just, at least their school fees. But if you want to add maybe books and stuff, maybe $100. So like, we can do that. And once also make the education there better. So if you're only going to cost about $100 a year, and we can buy a land, we can build a school. So we're talking about that now, just to give back, just to help as many people as possible mm-hmm. right then uh i'll give out we, we give us we gave us scholarships we have invested in people's um you know businesses you'll be surprised that even a hundred dollars can change a person's life forever mm-hmm. because of the exchange rate as of the time of this recording one u.s dollar is equal to 900 nigerian naira mm. so well what is if it? you have fifteen hundred dollars uh-huh. ebony you enter Nigeria as a millionaire. Well, how does this change November 1st? So I'm sure you've heard yeah. about the other countries that are joining and creating one currency. Yeah. And yeah. it's supposed to be so powerful that it's going to take 55 American dollars to equal one new currency. And I think Ghana is a part of this. Yeah. Have you Are you familiar with the currency <coughs> in which I'm speaking about? And it's going to cause massive inflation across this country that's their goal but i don't know if it's gonna happen because the u.s dollar is still <coughs> excuse me still the most respected currency and i don't think the u.s government is just gonna sit idle and let that happen i know they're gonna pull every strings they can but they better get so, busy because yeah, you know it's right around the corner yeah they're gonna pull every strings they can to that could manipulate collapse. that that could collapse our yeah the fundamentals of the U.S. economy is very strong. 
So the you don't feel you don't feel that no, non- we so, have anything to non- worry so about whatsoever. because in Europe there's a euro. The euro in a globe in Nigeria, I don't want to speak for the global currency. In Nigeria the euro is higher than the dollar. The pounds is higher than the dollar. Mm-hmm. But everybody wants dollar. Because like, it's still, the, it's still the, the standard for international transaction, the U.S. dollar, even though it's not the highest. So, but you do know that there was once a time when Rome mm-hmm. was Rome. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You don't see this as something of concern for this country. It is. And that's why it's good to diversify. That's why a lot of wealthy people in America, they have investments, houses, <coughs> gold, all kind of other physical assets outside of the country. In fact, in Nigeria, some people on our trip, they plan to buy houses and go into real estate in Nigeria mm-hmm. to just diversify and income. Let me and just tell you, you yes, know, yes, yes, yes. And see, this is the thing. I, 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 you know, we have homes in Nigeria as well. And I remember the very first time I visited Nigeria and went to Victoria Island. Mm-hmm. And I, am I saying it's Victoria Allen, yeah, right? Victoria Allen, yeah, Victoria Allen. And I, it was so beautiful. The sands, the waters, Hawaii, mm-hmm. Jamaica has nothing on it. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, why aren't we, why is there no tourism happening here, right? Um, and this was 20 years ago. Fast forward, during that time I've seen where, you know, of course, there was this big spurge of everyone going to South Africa, but yeah. now the move is Ghana. Ghana, yeah. And it seems that, and now I'm hearing a lot in my ear about Botswana because a lot of the diamonds and the yeah. wealth, but I'm not and hearing a lot about Nigeria, and Nigeria yeah. is supposed <clears throat> to be the USA it of is. Africa. Like, if you go to Africa and you've never been to Nigeria, you've not experienced the whole... It's like coming to America for but the first time. But why is Nigeria not Govern- at least... Corruption. The corruption, right. Corruption. It's a shame. Right now, when I was getting visa for everybody, to get a Ghana visa is about $60. Mm-hmm. I paid $550 for each person on my trip to get a Nigerian visa. For why? Mm. For no reason. Corruption. And that money doesn't go to to help the people in Nigeria. Certain people in government are just taking the natural resources into their personal account. Mm -hmm. So... Corruption is the biggest reason why it's not big in Nigeria. The government, the corruption, because they're stealing from it. They don't need, they don't. The police. And second, police, the immigration. I mean, everybody that came on to, they they had the culture shock. Oh, yeah. Especially when they hear your voice. When they hear your voice. (laughs) It's a wrap. I I mean, you had, I had every time they kept stopping our cars and they look into my face my husband had to keep paying. Yeah, it, that's what you do because, I mean, when you have guests to, add to, so the corruption is number one, mm-hmm. from immigration to police to the military to politicians mm-hmm. to every single thing mm-hmm. is pretty much corrupt in Nigeria. The second thing, why it's not as big is insecurity. Ghana is safer than Nigeria. Oh, yeah, because we had to travel with security. I did At too. all times. I had 24-7 mm-hmm. soldiers and special forces mm-hmm. that were with me. You better. I, I won't Riding take around chance. with the Bonza. Did you have a Bentley over there too? No, no, oh, no, okay. no, no. I was no. about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had security 24 uh-huh. 7. Yeah, so which is another reason why Nigeria is not as attractive mm-hmm. to foreigners to come live 
like but I have, I have friends who Ni- Americans who live in Nigeria, mm-hmm. but it's not as big as Ghana. I mean, everybody is, is talking about Ghana now. Ghana yeah. is the rave. Everybody's buying real estate over yeah. there. People are basically living over there. Yeah. I even know quite a few Nigerians who yeah. have opted to invest in Ghana mm-hmm. real estate versus Nigerian real estate. Yeah. It seems as if Nigeria has missed the boat somewhat and i remember when i was over in nigeria there was i can't remember the city but it was so rich in oil bush and the family owned it and you would walk on the land in nigeria and the oil would come through your toes that's how rich yeah the land was yeah. with oil. Yeah. And it, it I've seen other people come in and they rate Nigeria. Yeah. All of its yeah. minerals yeah. and wealth. Yeah. But the government did not stop it. They engaged in they have, it. They, they benefit from it. They benefit That's from it. That's why it's happening. Yeah. Nigeria is always as rich, if not more than that of Dubai. Mm-hmm. Look at Dubai today. Dubai is amazing, but Dubai also will lock your butt up. Let you raise your voice too high in exactly. Dubai, you're getting locked up. They are rules. They're not there. playing any games, and that's the thing: rules. Because I even noticed the driving in Nigeria. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's no rules. Everybody's driving all over. There's no stoplight. There's no nothing. I'm like, this is a lawless land. It's lawless. No emissions. No. The smog was everywhere. No. It was just something else. It it's, was something It's else. quite an experience. It is, but it was definitely an experience. It's quite an experience. Oh, man, let me break for a second, Fonz. Something's my eye. So we can. Okay, hold on. I got to get my lashes on my eye. Okay. All right. I'm coming back in. All right. All right, so if if you can, at the end of all of this, mm-hmm. right, when everything is said and done, do you plan to make America your final resting place? <sighs> final, re- okay, I have a wife, I have children here, soon I'm going to have grandchildren. So America will always be my home. But do I know if at some point I might want to relocate outside of the country? Maybe so. I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of my friends now, they don't want to live in America anymore. I mean, I'm talking about American friends, yeah. right? I have mm-hmm. friends now that want to buy real estate in Nigeria, in Ghana, in even Botswana, in, du- in Dubai, in, uh, you know, some, sometimes after a while, the system here is kind of choking. Mm-hmm. So people that have financial means, they, they want to live out. So I don't know. In that sense. But for right now, this is home for me. So I'm are always going to be home. Are you nervous about this upcoming election? <laughs> Maybe more saddened. Because I'm, I'm I'm an independent, but I've always voted more Republican than mm-hmm. because I felt like they had more of Christian values. But this current nominee, I don't want to call it. Not his just because of Christian values. Yeah. You, you watching that dollar bill. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you keeping a tight hold on that coin. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I thought so, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know. Yeah, it is. It's going to be very interesting. And I think the way that this country is structured and where we're going is very sad. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't really know if we have a lot of options. Yeah. 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 Well, I really want to thank you for coming in the studio and sitting down and talking with me today. I've learned a lot about you. Yeah. And I have just grown in my respect for everything that you and your wife have developed. So thank you so much for coming in today. And thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you next time on Coinology. Thank you for watching. You know my-
constantly worried about what everybody else got to say. If you constantly got your eyes on what everybody else doing, you ain't getting no money. When it comes down to terms of the deal, I get you done. Welcome to Coinology, the podcast.